When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Have you seen pests in your home this fall? I know I have some pesky insects on my farm that I've been seeing. They're going to continue forcing their way into our homes during the fall months. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. P.J. Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist, also known as the Wisconsin Bug Guy, shares more about what insects we can expect to see and covers some spooky behaviors that they have that actually help farmers, just in time for Halloween. There's quite a few insects active at the moment, especially uh, this last weekend. We've had some very nice warm temperatures up in the 70s in a lot of areas or 60s in northern part of the state. And that has meant plenty of insects such as box elder bugs, multicolored Asian lady beetles, and in some areas, brown marmorated stink bugs have been active. And what these insects are doing is they're crawling around looking for places to hunker down for the winter. Uh, And it's actually these warm periods in the fall that can be a trigger for them. It basically tells them winter's coming, you better find a place to hide for a while. Uh, And so they often will go to cliff faces if you were in an area that had rocky bluffs, that sort of thing. But uh, they do the same kind of thing on structures. So they may visually see cracks and crevices or lines and siding and mistake it for a a cliff face and they'll orient and go to those areas and then they kind of wander around and uh, try sneaking in. And any gap or crack that they can squeeze in through uh, might not be very big, but if they can get in, then they can end up being a, a little bit of a nuisance in your house during the winter months. The ones I'm seeing right now, they look like ladybugs, but they're not. Which ones are those? So that's the multicolored Asian lady beetle. And they're technically from the same group as our other lady beetles or ladybugs, but it's a species that is not native to our area. And they actually have a long story behind them. They were deliberately brought in at one point, or or at least we tried to bring them in. This goes back like 100 years or so, and they never really seemed to caught on. And, And so folks gave up on it. And then all of a sudden, several decades ago, boom, they were on the scene. And so now they're really pretty common and widespread. Uh, It's interesting because if you're a farmer, if you have those particular lady beetles out in, say, your soybean field, they're probably helping you out during the summer months, feeding on aphids and other small insects. But when they sneak into your home this time of the year, we're generally not too happy about that aspect. So how can you prevent them from being in your home? So a couple of thoughts. Look at the outside of your home, and you really have to spend some time on your hands and knees looking at the foundation and and things like that. But anywhere there is a potential crack or crevice or opening of some kind, that might be a potential entry point. So it's often along the foundation, maybe where the siding meets your foundation, they could get under that potentially, or a Doors and windows are often weak points where the siding meets up and and it might not be super snug right there. And so if you can go around your house and look for spots like that, you could, in theory, seal things up really well using maybe a caulk gun, a spray insulation foam that comes in a can and it, it expands greatly when you apply it. You could make sure your weather stripping is in good shape or maybe replace that. You could use backer rod and things like that to really fill in gaps. But the point I want to make is if you seal up all those gaps and cracks, they won't be able to get in. Now, sometimes that can be a big undertaking, especially if you're in a 100-year-old farmhouse and there's a stone foundation. It's hard to do that, but the more you seal up, it's going to help keep them outdoors. 
Another thing you could do is you could either do this yourself, get something from the hardware store, or have a, a pest control professional come and do this, but uh, you could spray an insecticide just on those edges, those kind of potential entry points, so around door and window frames, maybe where your siding meets the soffit area, uh, just spray little strips in those areas, and that may be enough to either kill or repel the insects before they get indoors. So you don't need to broadcast spray the whole side of your house, but again, focus on those potential entry points, either sealing it up or spraying just in those discrete areas, and that can help at least prevent them from getting indoors. Are these insect patterns that we see impacted by weather patterns all from past years, or how does that affect things? Any given year, some are going to do better than others due to weather and, and other factors. But this year, I have seen weather play some really important roles with some of these insects. And along the lines of what we were just discussing, uh, there's a very common one this time of the year called the box elder bug, uh, black and reddish. They like to hang out on the side of your home. Um, those do very well under dry conditions which if you think about the weather patterns we've had in the state the last year and a half or so, it's been dry in many areas. And so it's no surprise to me that this year I'm seeing more box elder bugs than I've seen in perhaps the last decade or so. So that's definitely helped out certain insects like that. Uh, on the other hand, because it was relatively dry this year and last year, we didn't have to worry as much about mosquitoes this year, which was a nice thing and we got a bit of a reprieve. But if it's rainy in the future, weather could influence them in the other direction. We might see more of them at some point down the line. So weather can definitely play a role with all sorts of different kinds of insects. Halloween is coming up. Can we talk about some of the spooky insects that we may be seeing? There's a lot of insects out there and related creatures that folks might consider spooky. Uh, a lot of them are really quite harmless, though, to humans. And a good example of that, uh, very common this time of the year, are spiders that we call orb weaver spiders. And these are often the big plump ones that hang out in the web. So if any listeners are familiar with the children's book, Charlotte's Web, with that very charismatic spider, that was an example of an orb weaver spider. So they're really harmless to people, but they're very fitting for the Halloween season, I feel. But then there are some insects that are truly kind of spooky when you think about what they do. And to an entomologist, this is pretty cool stuff. Uh, one example here from Wisconsin is a type of wasp called a cicada killer wasp. And what these wasps do is the female will dig a little tunnel in the nest and, and she nests by herself, but she specifically hunts cicadas, which are up in trees, uh, making that loud buzzing noise. She will hunt them, sting them, but when she stings them, it doesn't kill them. It just paralyzes them. And then she flies or drags this heavy cicada back to her nest in the ground. And that's what she feeds to the young while that cicada is still alive. So that's pretty spooky as well. And one other example, very relevant to farmers too, um, when we have aphids on our crops out in our fields, there are teeny tiny little wasps that uh, if you saw it flying, you'd probably consider it a gnat because they're so small. But some of these wasps specifically target and parasitize aphids. And what they'll do is the females will inject her eggs inside the aphids, the eggs hatch, and the wasp larva consumes the aphid from the inside, killing it. Uh, and these dead aphids maintain a nice, plump base shape. And we have a technical term for them, which is fitting for Halloween. We call those mummies. 
And if you're a farmer and you learn to recognize what mummies are, that lets you know that there is a lot of beneficial wasps in your field helping you out, and you may not need to spray an insecticide, for example. So that's kind of a spooky insect to a certain extent, but actually one that can be quite beneficial here on Wisconsin farms and crops. After Halloween, then we get into hunting season and then Thanksgiving. But that also means that it's that time of year again for ticks, right? Yeah, they are surprisingly out and and Folks often think of spring as peak tick season, and, and without a doubt, we see a lot of activity of, of ticks when you're out hiking on the trails in uh, April and, and May and into June. But our deer ticks actually have a long life cycle, which takes two years or so to complete. And it turns out that we get our new batch of adult deer ticks right in early fall. So it's often late September, early October, or thereabouts. And so I've had a number of recent reports of deer tick activity. So that is just a reminder, if you are heading out to the tree stand or doing some hiking or hunting this time of the year, that deer ticks are active. And also they can be active pretty late into the year, especially if it's warm enough. I like to tell folks if there is no snow on the ground and it's warm enough, you could bump into ticks. Uh, So do take precautions, use repellents, do tick checks if you're heading out to the tree stand this fall. That was P.J. Leach, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist. You can learn more about these insects by going to insectid.wisc.edu. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.